Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day you've given us of life, health, and strength, food, clothing, shelter, mercy, and grace. Dear Heavenly Father, we uh, ask that you open up our eyes and our ears so that we can hear from you better every day and so that we can understand your word and what it is you're saying to us so that we can live better lives. These things we ask in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, this is a mouth sword ministries and we're going to do some questions right now. Uh, some popular questions about the end times and about marriage. And we're going to uh, try to get better answers than, than we've had. You know, I feel like that uh, we can do better with the word of God. I feel like the, the proof is in the pudding, as they say. You know, it's just, it seems like the devil is just kicking so many people's butt, and people are wondering why. And I just think it's because we're not rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, so I just think that it's time to start talking about uh, the Bible in a more real, uncut way so that we can uh, get down to the bottom of, you know, what's right and what's wrong and. You know, like the like like the Apostle Paul says, iron sharpeneth iron, you know, so let us get down to it. You got some questions for me today? I do. Okay. Okay, we'll start off with the first one. What is 666? 666. Now, that's a good one. Um, we read about 666 in uh, Revelations chapter 13. So... I'm going to go there. Revelations chapter 13. You know, a lot of people think 666 is the great evil number. And I think it's really just a clue. <laughs> you know, you know, you've seen so many horror movies and stuff where people are worshiping the devil and they bring 666, 666, 666. But I think it's really a clue. So let's go to Revelations chapter 13. And let's look at the last verse in that chapter. Verse 18. Now, John is talking here. He says, here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man. And his number is six hundred three score and six. Uh, three score is sixty. And six, so six, 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 six hundred sixty and six. So for the longest, everybody been talking about six, 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 but I believe um, six, six, six is really eighteen. I believe the real evil number is eighteen, and I have several reasons why I believe that. He says, "Here is wisdom. Let him that hath." understanding count the number of the beast okay so in the book of daniel the daniel says that there is a seven head ten horn beast and so does uh, revelation seven heads and ten horns so seven heads and ten horns that's the number 17 okay and then daniel says and a little horn will come up in the midst 
of the ten horns. So 17 plus another horn is 18. And so that's what John tells us to do. He says, count the number of the beast. Okay, so that's 18. Yeah, seven heads, 10 horns, plus a little horn. That's 18. Okay, and then the next clue John gives us, he says, for it is the number of a man. Uh, when this uh, war broke out between Russia and Ukraine, uh, Ukraine passed a law that every male of the age of 18 or older must stay and fight. 18. Uh, here in America, you know, you can vote when you are 18. You can enter into a legally binding contract when you are 18. So 18 is the number of, an, of adulthood. A boy becomes a man at what age? 18. So that was another clue. Uh, he says, count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. And his number is 600, three score, and six. So six plus six plus six is what? 18. The verse that we are reading out of is verse 18. Now, another another thing I noticed when I was reading um, Revelations chapter 9, when it was talking about the fifth trumpet and the sixth trumpet, it says the duration of the fifth trumpet would be five months. And then it says the duration of the sixth trumpet would be 13 months. So five plus 13 is 18. So this 18 number theme just keeps on popping up over and over and over again. So I'm, I'm convinced that the real evil number is not 666. 666 was just a clue. The real evil number is 18. You have another question for me? I do. What is the main key to unlocking revelations? Oh man, that's a that's a deep one. Um That one's kind of hard to explain, so give me another question. Okay. When does the rapture happen? When does the rapture happen? Okay. Now that one is pretty simple for me. I think um, Jesus tells us plainly that the immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars of heaven will fall. He says that in Matthew chapter 24, starting at the 29th verse. And then shall he send his angel with the sound of a trump to gather his elect from the four winds of the earth. And he's describing, I believe, the rapture right there. So he says immediately after the tribulation, you know, there is a lot of teaching out there telling us that the rapture takes place before the great tribulation. And I don't believe that is what the Bible is telling us here. Let's go to, um, I believe it's John chapter 6. Or is it Matthew chapter 6? 
Matthew chapter 6, I believe it is. Let's start at the verse 29th verse. Or, or 30. No, it, it was John chapter 6. Sorry about that. John chapter 6. We're going to read 39, 40, 44, and 54. Those four verses. <laughs> now, Jesus is talking to his disciples here. And this is, uh, he's saying a lot in this chapter, but I'm going to start at, at verse 39. And Jesus says, and this is the father's will, which has sent me that of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again. When? At the last day. The last day is when the sun will be darkened and the moon will no longer give light and the stars of heaven will fall. That's the last day. Matthew chapter 24, starting at the 29th verse. Uh, verse 40, he says, And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. So see, the, this is John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is salvation. So he's talking about everyone that's saved. He says, and I will raise him up when at the last day, not seven years before, not three and a half years before, but at the last day when the when the sun is darkened and the moon will no longer give light and the stars of heaven will fall. He's talking about the rapture at the last day. And then let's go to verse 44. He says, no man can come to me except the father which has sent me draw him. And I will raise him up when at the last day. This is three times now Jesus has said at the last day. Uh, it's almost like Jesus is prophesying here. It's almost like Jesus is. He knows that we're going to be debating today on when the rapture takes place. So he's telling us here several times at the last day. Let's go to 54 verse 54. Uh, Whoso eateth my flesh. And drinketh my blood hath eternal life. And I will raise him up when? At the last day. So he says it four times that he's going to raise everyone that belongs to him through salvation. People who, has, who have accepted him as Lord and Savior. He's going to raise them up at the last day. He's talking about the rapture. What we call the rapture takes place at the last day not seven years before not three and a half years before but but the last day also um, apostle paul first corinthians chapter 15 He says in verse 52, he says in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. Now, see, there are seven trumpets. There's seven trumpets. And he says at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. He's talking about the rapture right there at the sound of the last trump. So. This pre-tribulation rapture. Um, 
I think it, it, it was a big mistake to teach that. Um, we are going to go through the Great Tribulation. And uh, so, I mean, if, if you haven't died of old age or died for some other reason, but the rapture takes place at the last day, I believe the Bible is really plain and clear on that. Okay. Okay, you have anything else for me? Yes. How long is the Great Tribulation? How long is the Great Tribulation? Okay. Um, according to Daniel, I believe it's the ninth chapter, at the very end of that chapter, he talks about a final week. A final week. And in the book of Daniel, a final week is not seven days, but it's seven years. And, um, and according to Daniel and according to Revelations, especially Revelations, the Great Tribulations is a three and a half year period within that final seven years. So three and a half plus three and a half is seven. So I believe the final three and a half year period of the final seven years will be the Great Tribulation. Okay. Is tithing still required today? Um, the short answer, no. Um, tithing was an Old Testament principle, an Old Testament standard uh, Moses gave to the Jews to live by. I believe they had to tithe three times a year, if I'm not mistaken. And um, But Jesus, uh, let me say this. Let me back up a little bit. You know, today it's not about Moses. It's not about even the Ten Commandments. It's not about the law. It's about what Jesus says. Uh, when Jesus was about to start his ministry, he went to John the Baptist to be baptized. And when John the Baptist baptized Jesus, the heavens opened up and the voice came from heaven, which was God. And he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. So this was God's way of saying a new sheriff is in town. No longer is it Moses or the prophets. It's Jesus, my son. So whatever Jesus says is now law. So Jesus took to the Mount of Olives to teach his standards, to teach his word, to teach his law. And Jesus never once on the Mount of Olives said tithe, never once. But let's look at what Jesus did say. So let's see what Jesus said about giving. Let's go to Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Now this is uh, Moses when he gave his law or when he received the Ten Commandments, he was on Mount Sinai. So this is Jesus's Jesus took to Mount to the Mount of Olives. And this is kind of like Jesus's way of saying there's a new sheriff in town. And uh, so this is what Jesus had to say. He says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together. And running over shall men give into your bosom, for with the same measure that ye meet, 
with all, it shall be measured to you again. So Jesus gave the commandment of being a giver, not a tither. And um, I like what Solomon had to say in um, Proverbs chapter uh, 3. Solomon, now now, in, in the book of Solomon, uh, his uh, books, uh, Proverbs and uh, uh, David wrote a lot of the Psalms, Psalms, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. They're known as the books of wisdom, books of wisdom, not books of the law. People think because sometimes they're in the Old Testament, it's automatically legalism. But Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, these are known as books of wisdom. And um, so I want to read to you what Solomon said. Um, in uh, Proverbs chapter 9. Now, you will find that in Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, the, the very word tithing is not even in those books. And, and Solomon is, is supposed to be the wisest man on the earth at this point. And he never once talked about tithing, but he talked about giving. Okay? So, look what Solomon said in um, Proverbs chapter three, verse nine, he says, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. In verse 10, he says, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. So I noticed growing up in church, um, the pastor a lot of times will read Malachi chapter 10 about tithing and how you robbing God. But that was Old Testament legalism, you know, and we're not under that anymore. We're under what Jesus had to say, which is to be a giver. You know, Jesus said in Matthew chapter six, uh, verse 33, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. You know, what you're going to eat, what you're going to put on, how you're going to be clothed. So, it's about giving. Let's also look at a. <clears throat> let's also look at what the Apostle Paul had to say. Apostle Paul didn't teach much on tithe either. But he taught Second Corinthians. Verse nine. Second Corinthians, verse, chapter nine, verse six. He says, "But this I say." He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. And then verse 7, he says, Every man, according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. So see, he's letting you know that it's not about giving because God is twisting your arm to give 10%. He says, not out of necessity, but just out of a cheerful giving heart, you know? So to me, it's pretty clear that the, the new Testament, the teachings of Jesus Christ is about being a giver and not a tither. Okay. I got a question. Okay, you said that in the Old Testament, did you say in the Old Testament that it, none of this stuff apply anymore? Since it, 
pretty much. Um, and a lot of people don't get that, pretty much. Now, whatever Jesus uh, co-signed in the Old Testament, then it still, still applies. But when you read uh, like Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, Jesus says it a lot. He says, ye have heard it had been said by them of old, one, two, and three. Then he says, but I say unto you, A, B, and C. He was talking about, you know, if uh, the Old Testament uh, laws and um, standards still apply today. And it's only whatever Jesus said, you know. And that's why it is so important for people to know what Jesus said. Because uh, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, he goes down a whole laundry list of stuff and uh, of, of conduct and character, uh, marriage, adultery, uh, how to get along with people. And Jesus is talking about all of these things, and he's letting you know what his standards are. Once again, God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. Matter of fact, there was a transfiguration in uh, Matthew chapter 17 where Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and he was transfigured. He gave Peter, James, and John a glimpse of his glorified self. That's what it, basically the transfiguration was. And um, when uh, Peter, James, and John saw this, they were amazed. And then Peter said, oh, it was so good for us to have seen this. He says, we're going to build three tabernacles one for you one for Moses and one for Elijah you know and uh, because that's who they had saw in the in the in the background and then the voice came out of heaven once again God saying this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased hear him and they got scared and then when they looked up they saw Jesus only so that was God's way of letting uh, Peter James and John know that it's not about Moses it's not about Elijah but it's just about Jesus now. So whatever Jesus says is the New Testament, is the new standard. You know, not what Moses had to say. Moses had to say a lot, but it's not about what Moses said anymore. It's about what Jesus says. Okay, we're going to wrap this session up. I hope um, we have put something on your mind out there and um you can um you can email me at at t aaron at thief in the night ministries.com if you have any questions or comments I, and we would love to hear from you that's t aaron at thief in the night ministries.com okay god bless. dear heavenly father thank you for another day you've given us thank you for this time to uh, dive into your word to study your word uh, so that we can increase in the spirit in your spirit so that we can uh, learn of you and, to, and so that we can know you Lord uh, once again we just ask that you increase us and uh, bless the listeners Lord uh, allow the listeners to receive uh, from this discussion and um, just bless them and uh, if they're going through something Lord um, put it on our hearts and minds so that we can speak to whatever it is they're going through and uh, uh, bring ministry into their lives. These things we ask in the mighty, wonderful, precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.